1: I Don't Need an Acting Class is brought to you by WeAudition.com. Hi everyone, this is Greg from Milton's Acting Class. I want to talk to you about WeAudition. WeAudition is an online video chat community where you can audition, rehearse, you could self-tape, and you could even get advice relating to acting or the business of acting. If you're an actor like myself, who constantly needs a reader, you can now find a reader on demand to rehearse or self-tape with. And it's so easy. All I had to do was... Type in, hi, I'm Greg, and I need another scene partner to read Act 1, Scene 2 from the play Jesus Hopped the A-Train. I need the other actor to read the role of Mary Jane. And within minutes, you'll get another reader who's willing to help you with that scene. I mean, it's amazing how quick, easy, and efficient We Audition makes it for you. Sign up for WeAudition.com today and save 25% off by using the discount code ACTINGCLASS. Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting
0: Class with Milton Justice. So last night,
2: I went to visit sort of my best friend from high school, a girl named Beth, and she and I were slightly trouble. We were... She was more popular than I was. I know this will come as a shock. I was not popular in high school. Uh, Beth was, but she's just a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous woman and a fabulous personality. And she is just retired, and of course she's retired and said, well, now what do I do? But at any rate, she's been teaching for the past whatever several decades at the North Carolina School of the Arts, which is one of the foremost drama schools in the country. And periodically, she would take on a grown-up female part as opposed to the department. She played Amanda in Glass Menagerie and Gertrude in Hamlet, and so it it was actually very funny. She said one of the teachers said to her at one point, Beth, you're not teaching Hamlet. You're in Hamlet. And I thought it was such a funny comment because it, it's really one of the problems of academics. Beth said, I taught Hamlet every year for the past 20 years uh, at the School of the Arts. And she said, I, you know, I eat, live, and breathe Hamlet. She said, but all of a sudden I was in it, and it was different and so she was kind of stuck in the world of, I understand that she's a theme, and I understand what the theme is, and I understand what it's about, but it doesn't mean I can play it. It's a reason I've been trying to encourage Tom Oppenheim at Adler in New York, who has all of Stella's tapes, to edit them, because I always felt as if Stella, and you'll see it in her books on ibsen Strindberg, Chekhov, and the American playwrights, analyzes plays from an actor's standpoint. And it's slightly different being able to look at what something means from an acting standpoint and turn it into something actable. The other thing, though, that happened last night at dinner, you can imagine what a fun dinner person I am, is she's doing for the School of the Arts... They're doing a Zoom reading of Steel Magnolias. And she's playing Truvi, which, of course, my friend Margot Martindale originated and Dolly Parton did in the movie. But what was interesting is she was talking about the problem of acting on Zoom. Because... It's the play, they open it up in the movie, but in the play, it only takes place in the beauty shop. And what hit me, and this is the reason it's important for us to continue to go back over everything we know about acting. The exercises that we've done, the concepts that we understand, because... I said, God, it never even hit me how perfect the exercise of building a place is for Zoom because it saves you. You are no longer just in a room with the background that you have. Like Greg said to me, are these all the things that suddenly is this all a part of acting because he's buying a new computer because he's got to be able to do this. His agent wants him to start doing voiceover auditions. So now he's got to buy a microphone. And I said, oh, my God, I said, you know, it's all changed as an actor You have to know lighting. You have to know what it is that, you know, where is the best place for you to sit when you're auditioning? Uh, What is the best color background for you so that it's best for your complexion? I mean, you can't tell now, but but when Greg or Teo auditioned, I put them on tape, all the pictures go down, and there's a huge gray thing. And we have both light gray and we have a dark gray, depending on which one of them is is being put on tape. So there are all these things you have to know as actors. But one of the things that is especially, I think, important, especially for this time of close-up, of Zoom, of putting yourself on tape, is being aware of where you are and the exercise we have of visualizing the place. And it's what I said to Beth. I said, stand And in that kind of mind's eye, visualize the beauty shop. And I said, work out loud, always. And I said, basically, see it and then say what you see, as opposed to saying it and forcing it to be there. But really, the concentration that it takes, and it's a great exercise for concentration as well, it focuses you in on the place. And it's just you sit, and you start at one side of the room, or even next to you. I mean, the exercise we did in class, which was waking up in either a hotel room, a theater dressing room, or prison cell, And you just really started next to you. And what did you see to the left? And go absolutely in sequence. Don't jump around the room. Don't go one side of the room and then the other side of the room. Keep in sequence. And what you find yourself doing is visually building a room where it takes place. Now, it makes sense that you do this. It makes sense if you're filming... What you're really seeing is a camera and assistant and somebody who's writing down all the lines you say wrong and this whole crew of people. But what you have to be living off of is what is actually the play. I mean, in, in the theater, it's vital in the theater. As opposed to looking off stage and seeing the wings or the fourth wall, you're seeing the Salisbury Plain. So it's with all of that. And it hit me working with Beth last night on building the beauty shop that it's the kind of thing that is so valuable for us to do when we're putting ourselves on tape. The fact is, if you are not someplace, you're acting in a vacuum. And so uh, it was interesting to rediscover it because all of a sudden she was Truvy who runs the beauty shop. And I said, you know, and every time you go back to it, you'll find something else. And then we talked about, you know, what's the most important thing for her, which, you know, if we were using technical terms, we might say, what's her through line action or, you know, whatever it is. And she said, everything has to be perfect. So then I said, okay, now go back and build a room again. And so she built the room again. And I said, okay, so now tell me about two of the people who regularly go here, you know, come to you. And she said, well, one of them is Clarice. And I said, tell me about Clarice. She said, well, Clarice is like the rich person in town and she's traveled. And so I said, okay, now go back and build it again. And she went back and built it again. And Clarice had brought her a little Eiffel Tower From Paris, France. But you see, you know, so all of a sudden, you're in this thing. You're in this Zoom room. But the fact of the matter is, you're not. You're in the beauty shop. And you know the beauty shop. And you've picked out something specific. Of course, saying calling it Paris, France was perfect for the character, because of course they're in Louisiana, and her idea of heaven is she she 's hoping to take a trip to Baltimore because she hears it 's the hair capital of the country, and so it it 's like you find these things then you see that really help you with the character, you find these things that you no longer are stuck with just the lines. You are no longer just stuck with the dialogue. And suddenly, the place gives you something. And I've told you the story before. Chris Chris Carmack told me the first time that he did an episode of Nashville. He said he was really nervous just because it was the first, you know. And he said, and I sort of stood there before we started, and... All I did was to build my relationship to three items in the room. And he said, and then I was there. I think he even told me that he built the doorknob. But it was building something specific that gave you ownership of where you are. And then you are no longer an actor in space, nowhere, saying lines. So anyway, putting yourself on tape, which is going to be what it's like forever now. You know, this is it. This is the world we're in, and, and so we have to make it work. But I think one of the things to really make it work is to take the time to visualize where you are, talk it out, not factually, but talk it out experientially so that you have a relationship to it, and then you no longer are stuck nowhere. You are in a place, and then everything you talk about comes out of it.
0: I Don't Need an Acting Class is created and hosted by Milton Justice. Senior producer is me, Walker Vreeland, and director of online media is Evan Sollers. Music provided by Jeffrey Keiser Trio, May This Be Love, from their album On My Way to You. Uh, if you have a question for Milton, please feel free to send your email to questionsformilton at gmail.com. That's questionsformilton at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at I Don't Need an Acting Class. And please subscribe, rate, and review. It's all we ask. It's all we ask. We don't do Patreon, we're not begging you for money. All we ask is that if you like the podcast, if you're getting stuff out of it, you subscribe and you rate and you review it. I can't tell you how much that would mean to us. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you back here next week.